Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I'm so excited about what the Lord is doing. Tremendous Holy Ghost outpouring this morning. Uh, I've just rejoiced and rejoiced and rejoiced. We were just a tad late because I argued with the GPS. Don't ever do that unless you know you're right. But me, a little country boy, (laughs) every building looked the same, every lights looked the same, every street looks the same. Sister Edward saying, turn here. I said, I'm going to take your advice for this one time. Man, her and Siri are never wrong. I just, somehow they're never wrong. Praise God. I prayed today and asked the Lord to help me to help you. And I want to try to do that. I appreciate your pastor, his wife. They are precious friends of ours. Amazing, amazing people. Amen. And those of you that I got to know today, shook your hand, your kindness uh, to me this morning. This is this is really a country church in town is what you are because of the friendly atmosphere. If you're a guest here tonight, I want to tell you, you're in the best place you could possibly be. Amen. You're just right where God wants you to be. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Brother David Goss, good to see you. He's one of our Vider guys, his whole family. And uh, his dad is one of the strongest 80-something-year-old men I've ever seen. He and I together, uh, I'm a little younger than his dad, several years younger. But we load hay. And uh, I'm determined that he's not going to outdo me. And he's determined that I'm not going to outdo him. You ought to see that. It's quite a fiasco going. But uh, they have been, my Lord, part of our family, Brother David, for 38 years. I've been an inviter. And I appreciate them so very, very much. He, uh, his mom and dad are just stable force in our church. And... Uh, I just regret they're getting a little older, but their prayer life is still strong. Amen. All right, open your Bible to the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40. Good to have my wife with me tonight. Amen. Uh, we're really not evangelists, but I'm going to do the work of an evangelist. Just going to do the work of an evangelist. Isaiah chapter 40. Verse number 11, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Pray with me right now. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, and your blessings upon us. I ask that you touch every person that's in this building tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Clap your hands as you're being seated tonight. Praise God. Thank the Lord. Isaiah wrote in a prophecy. 
talking about the Lord. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. If I could take a few moments here tonight and talk to this church about the unseen things that happen when you start having a move of God. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers of darkness in high places. So in the unseen world, in the part of the atmosphere that we don't see, there's things going on that only the spirit can detect and pick up. But since demons cannot reproduce, they cannot multiply as human beings. But it's proven in the word of the Lord that they can hinder because the prayer of Daniel was hindered 21 days by the prince of Persia. So out there where we can't see but we can feel is a war going on. And in that battle, in that war, is situations that you and I have to Watch for and pray about. Because when a church, as this church, starts moving in a direction to have a move of God, suddenly the Lord has to step up and give us the spiritual intelligence to discern that there's something going on and we're fighting a battle that we cannot see. And suddenly, demons and devils from other parts of the world start moving into Webster, Texas. And when they do, you have to realize they're coming because the prince of devils moves them around like pawns on a chessboard. And so when you start praying about things and people and circumstances and healing and finances and all of that, suddenly... He moves poverty in. He moves sickness devils in. He moves confusion devils in. And he just plants them. But if we're really careful and we know what we're fighting, this is what you've got to understand. We have to be gentle with mothers. This church is expecting. We had it this morning. There's an enthusiasm. There's an excitement. There's a feeling that something's going to happen. There's that, there's that positive prayer that we pray during the offering that, my Lord, that makes you want to speak in tongues almost. There's the excitement of the choir singing and the musicians and, and the worshipers that was coming out from their seats to stand around the front, not because somebody said, please come, but because you was moved upon by the Holy Ghost. And when you're moved on like that, you have to realize there's things that are happening. And we have to be very careful because some things that happen that we blame on others that is not really their fault. But you know what? The Lord knows. 
We have in this church youth ministries, children ministries, music ministers, um, teaching ministries. Uh, we have classes for all types of people and circumstances that are happening. We have counselors for uh, finances and marriages and children and you name it. This church is a self-contained church that can supply all of your spiritual needs. But suppose that something's going on that we're not aware of. And suddenly we have to realize that something in the heart and the bosom of this church starts moving. And people start praying through. And children start coming to church. And husbands uh, decide they want to come to church. And suddenly all the realm of the spiritual things begin to change. We have to be very careful. Because we might think we're having church trouble. When all we're having is labor pains. You might think somebody really doesn't like you because they're a little bit aggravated. You might misunderstand because you might walk by by a person that has shook your hand every time you've come to church. But that one night, they didn't. It might be something as simple as realizing that God is working in the heart of this church. My daughter-in-law just is the greatest young lady. And man, they were married 14 years before they gave us our first grandchild, which was a boy. They moved to that ungodly, desolate place called Arizona. Not the beautiful part of Arizona, the ugly part of Arizona, south of Phoenix, When she was born in July, it was 117 degrees. I'm telling you, we're in southeast Texas. We're used to hot weather, but we're not used to 117 degrees. But you know, when my son called me, and uh, we was at the hospital with one of our saints having surgery, cancer surgery, and I was sitting in the hospital. The phone rang. He said, Dad... Pray immediately. Uh, Wren is going into labor, and it's six weeks early, and and she's hemorrhaging so bad, the doctors told us, we're going to lifelight her into Phoenix. And we began to pray, and I said, get on the phone, get us a flight. She said, we don't have any provisions or clothes or anything. I said, it don't matter. We're going straight to the airport, and we're getting on the plane, and we're going to be there. But no such luck. We could not get a flight. Nowhere. So we went home. We started packing our clothes and getting ready and driving out there. We was praying and he called. He said, the greatest words I ever heard anybody say, Dad, she's okay and the baby is too. But you know what? Sometimes in those months of waiting and waiting and waiting, Suddenly the time comes and it might be premature. It might for some of you think, well, we need to wait till we get in our new building. 
We need to wait until all the rest of the things around here is just right. We need to wait until uh, things become a little bit more suitable for uh, people to come to our church. But I'm going to tell you something. There's sometimes when God starts moving and he's not going to wait for you to get your life in order. He's not going to wait for you to get all of your bills paid. He's not going to wait that you get all of your ducks in a row because that's probably not going to happen. But you know what? When a church is heavy laden, suddenly, Brother Hughes read it this morning, as soon as Zion travails, not until... As soon as Zion travails, sons and daughters shall be born into the kingdom of heaven. And sometimes we look at that and think, you know, if God would just do this and this and this and this. But let me tell you something. When children are ready to be born, sometimes it's a natural birth. In the case of my daughter-in-law, it was a C-section. You know why it was? Because physically she wasn't ready yet. But yet on the inside of her was a little girl that was saying, let me out. I'm ready to be born. And you can't say, wait, you, you got to wait six more weeks. No, but you know what happens? The doctor says, we're going to bring this child into this world. And sometimes we can have people standing around the altar, Brother Hughes, and and we can give them birth and life in a natural way. Altar call, laying on of hands, praying with them, as some did this morning. But you know what? There's sometimes it's a little bit difficult. There's sometimes there has to be a skilled surgeon. There's sometimes when a child is going to be born and somebody that has a very sharp scaffold and they know exactly how to bring that life into this world. You know what you're going to say? It might be a little early, but go ahead and bring this life into this world. You know what I'm telling you tonight? There might be some people that we have to do surgery on There are some things that God has to take and cut out of your life. And let me tell you, when God starts operating, you better be still. Anybody ever had surgery? Just a few. (laughs) Now, I guarantee you didn't wake up while the doc was doing surgery and say, be careful, please. I guarantee you didn't have to look down and say, oh, Lord, he's cutting off the wrong hand. No. You had a little confidence that when he put you to sleep, he was going to do the surgery and it was going to be right. And when you got out from under the anesthetic, you're going to look up and say, you know what? Thank God he saved my life. I feel like there's people in Houston, Texas, that God cannot save in a natural Holy Ghost way. He may have to take them out of the bars, out of the drug scene, out of situations that they're in. But I want to tell you, God has a sharp knife. And he's able to skillfully, he's able to skillfully cut and take them away from where they are and bring them into a spiritual life. 
And the writer said, the Lord takes them as lambs in his arms. And he said, when God brings new babies into the church, we become the mother. And if we're not careful, if we didn't bring them to church, if we didn't teach them a Bible study, if we didn't pray them through, we don't care. Let me tell you something. There's nobody like your children and your grandchildren. There's nobody in the world that you love more. But when it comes to the church, suddenly all of that changes. Because we become one. We become unified. We become one in spirit and one in prayer. And when one prays through, we all rejoice because we are the mother of that child. When somebody comes and gets the Holy Ghost, and they will and they are... Let me tell you, this church suddenly becomes unified in the fact that we'll fight every devil in hell in order to keep them in the church. Because we wrap our arms around them. They're lambs. When we got to Phoenix, Arizona, I'm going to tell you, I ran right by everybody. And I walked in that room, and when I did, and I saw that little granddaughter and my daughter-in-law, and the biggest smile came on her face, uh, and when she said, everything's all right, I want to tell you, it was only then that I knew everything was all right. This church called Greater Life has got to get the idea in your mind that when somebody gets the Holy Ghost, they're your child. You got to get the idea in your mind that we are as one. We're one in spirit and one in body and one in determination. And when we start doing that, you know what happens? God unifies us. And when we become as one... Hell better watch out because there's not a force that can stop this church when we start unifying as one in spirit and one in body. Praise God, David killed the giant. He knew who the enemy was. He also killed a bear. He also killed a lion. But yet, on the reverse of that, David was so gentle that his skilled hands could play the harp. He could become the most aggressive person. And the Bible says the Lord would not let him build the temple because they have sung this song. Saul has slain his thousands, but David is tens of thousands. This shepherd boy could become very aggressive. And because of that, he knew the opportunities that was there. If this church could ever start thinking in the realm That you and I have got to realize that when people start coming to church, it's because we have travailed. We misunderstand God sometimes because when God starts moving in a congregation and new people start coming in, Brother Hughes don't have to tell me, I pastored a long time. Every devil in hell gets upset. People that have been best friends won't speak to each other. 
All of a sudden, things start happening in the church, and you say, dear Lord, have mercy. I wish we could close this revival. Well, I'm, I, I, It's not doing what we're supposed to do. But we can misunderstand that if we're not careful. Because every lady in this building will tell you, when it's just about time to give birth to that baby, strange things start happening in her body. You better throw your hat in first. If she don't throw it back out, you might be safe to go in. Don't ever make the mistake of looking and saying, you look like you put on a few pounds. Don't ever make the mistake when she asks you, how do I look? Don't you dare say, well, look a little different than you used to. You know why? Because in her body, physically, she is taking on a whole different attitude. And a lot of new couples, all you young men and young ladies better listen to what I'm saying. You're going to get there one day because suddenly she don't feel good. She don't think she's pretty. Her hair don't look good. All the things that you thought made her beautiful, she don't have that anymore. But yet in her body is a life. And that life is saying, let me out. And if we're not careful in church, you know what will happen? We'll start getting so cranky. During revival time and, and Sunday nights and Sunday mornings, all of a sudden we'll, we'll get so cranky and irritable with each other. And, and Brother Hughes will say, dear God, Brother Edwards, don't come back. You've got everything stirred up. And we will misunderstand that for church trouble. You know, just because somebody don't talk to you don't mean they don't like you. You don't know what they face 30 minutes before church. Just because somebody walks by you doesn't mean, my God, I wonder what they're upset about. Brother, when people are expecting and the physical change in a church starts happening, and all of a sudden we misunderstand the fact that the Scripture said if there is a mother... You better be really gentle with her. So I'm going to warn this church tonight in the few weeks that are to come. We have to be very careful and very gentle with mothers in the church. Because we'll get cranky with the choir and cranky with the music director and cranky with the Sunday school teachers. And and everything will be turned upside down. We'll wonder what's going on. It's going to be all right. You got to be gentle with mothers. You can't be upset with mothers. You got to be gentle with mothers. Why be gentle with mothers? Because whoever it is is about to bring life into this world. I'm going to tell you something. We as a church tonight, if we could understand and realize how many people are depending on us. If you could understand that in this city and people you know, there's an invisible war going on. And somebody right now is fighting the very forces of hell. And you may not understand why you're so upset, but God is saying there's some mothers. And we have to be understanding with those mothers. Because if we're not, uh, we can misunderstand and think, I don't think I want to go back. 
so-and-so didn't shake my hand, didn't talk to him. The choir wasn't on key and, and everybody was just seemed like they're old. Don't worry about it. I'm telling you right now, don't worry about it. Because when we come together as one and God starts letting children be born into this atmosphere and to this church and the Holy Ghost starts falling. And I'm going to tell you, it is. I feel determined in my spirit not to just let you do the praying or you do the praying, but in my spirit, I'm going to tell you, there's going to come a night when the Holy Ghost is going to fall and people's going to get the Holy Ghost in the pew. People's going to get the Holy Ghost in the song service. People's going to get the Holy Ghost in the worship service. Hallelujah. Come on and praise him a little bit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's a war going on. There's something going on. There's something happening. There's something happening. There's something happening. And when you realize how wonderful that it is for new converts to be born in the church. But that's not just saying we're going to shake the preacher's hand. I'm talking about real old-fashioned Holy Ghost repentance. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not one of those evangelists just comes in and say, now say these words until your tongue gets all messed up and you think they got it. I'm the old-fashioned kind. I believe you got to repent. I believe you got to get the sin out of your life. I believe you got to pray until God forgives you of that sin. Uh, And I believe when you get the Holy Ghost, it changes you. I believe when the Holy Ghost comes in your life, something marvelous and fantastic has come upon you. uh, And God changes everything about you. And you know what? That's what's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to amaze us. We're going to look around and say, I never thought they'd get it, but they got it. We're going to look to each other and say, you know what? Something was just stirring in our spirit. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And and I got to that feeling where I was just uh, cranky all the time. But when you feel that way, instead of just yielding to that spirit, if you'll go to God in prayer, God might use you. God might take you to a place in prayer, a depth in the spirit that he can say it's time to pray right now. Man, I'm telling you. Are you willing to let God take you to a place in travail and agony for that one soul? Are you willing to allow the Holy Ghost to be so activated in your life that you become to the point where you say, give me souls lest I die? Are we willing as a church to become so unified in prayer and fasting that before we ever get to the preaching or the altar call, somebody's going to walk through that door and they're so hungry. They're so hungry for God. Suddenly and immediately they feel what you feel right now. And they can't stand it. And God starts pulling on them and drawing on them and moving on them. I want to tell you, there's not one person that you know that's outside of the reach of God. It's impossible. 
We have to be very gentle because we're expecting. We have to be very gentle with each other. We can't afford to let antagonizing spirits, hatred and jealousy and envy. We can't afford to let unforgiveness because suddenly inside of us is a life. Somebody that is depending on us to pray is waiting right now to walk through those doors. If you have your Bible, brother, I want you to read that scripture for me. Isaiah 40 and and verse number 12. I want to show you how great God is. Isaiah 40 and 12. Read for me. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand yeah. and meted out heaven with the span. Ooh, wait. He said, I've hollowed out the waters with his hand. That means he took the Atlantic and the Pacific and all the waterways and he just scooped it up. And he said, I I want this to be the water. And he took the heaven and he just took his hand and he just made up the heavens. You read about how they went four billion miles and sending a back signal. NASA right down here. Ryan probably knows all about that. And you know what? It started sending back signals, but they got so far into outer space, but they still have not reached the extent of when God said, I'm just going to wave my hand. And when I wave my hand, I'm going to amaze men. They'll never know the depth of the sea. They'll never know the height of the heavens. Read, brother. And comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure. And weighed the and mountains weighed and scales. In the mountains of scales. He said, I put it all out there. And I weighed it. You can, you can imagine with me. And I, I, I know there's some things that nature has its course, but I want to tell you something. I believe that God can make the Grand Canyon by just taking his finger and running it down the mountainside. I believe that God can take every imaginable thing that you've ever thought and disband his hand across it. That's the reason you can't count the, my Lord, the stars of the sky. You can't imagine what God can do. You can't imagine how God can create the heaven and the earth. Uh, And you know what? If God can do that, uh, there's not one person that you know that God cannot reach where they are right now and pull them out of the darkness. Come on, praise Him. Hallelujah. In fact, I want you to, I want you to stand with me. Oh, hallelujah. 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 My God. Hallelujah. Come on, feel after God with me right now. Just put your hand up right now and just kind of, just kind of feel after the Spirit. Kind of feel after the Spirit. <laughs> Something's going on in the world that we can't see. Something's going on in your world that you can't imagine. Oh, hallelujah. My God, my God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. 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 I want to put your other hand up right now and I want you to just pray for that person that God's impressing on your mind right now.
I want you to pray for that individual right now. Wherever they are, whatever they're doing, they may be in this building right now. Woo, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Satala Bahaya Kotala Bahandala Bahaya. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody go and travail right now. Somebody go and travail right now. Somebody go and travail right now with groanings that cannot be uttered. God is moving the barriers out of the way. Oh, Ooh, hallelujah. God is moving the barriers out of the way. God's moving the mountains out of the way. God's moving right now. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, 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 come on, we're fighting the spirits of another world here tonight. <laughs> oh, I need somebody to bear with me. I need somebody to go and prevail with me right now. Oh, come on. If you feel like stepping out from where you are, come on right now. Oh, oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh Oh Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God. Oh, 